0: Welcome to our podcast, Transparently Speaking. I am Diana and I have a son who transitioned at a young age to become his true self.
1: And I am Joy. I have also supported my daughter to transition at an early age. We are here to share our experience and our learning along this journey.
0: We want to provide support and guidance parent to parent. And if you find yourself on a similar journey, we want you to know that you are not alone.
1: So let's dive in, Transparently Speaking
0: we have a first going on in our family right now which is clark is getting ready to not only travel alone not alone but with a group that's not his parents not us (laughs) and he's traveling to another country halfway around the world i definitely want to talk about that but i just think about traveling in general and our years experience traveling and what all it entails and i thought we could dive into that today
1: I think that's fantastic, Diana. Travel can be really stressful. And I can imagine when you're starting to think about Clark being halfway around the world and traveling on his own, that that probably brings up a bunch of anxiety. What is this exciting trip he's got planned? He
0: is going to Israel with a group of kids from his camp. And actually he was supposed to go to Israel in 2020, but because of COVID that got canceled. So when this opportunity arose, he decided to take it because he had so been looking forward to it and And um, we're excited for him. We think it's, oh, I'm excited and I'm nervous. I'm like, I say this and I feel nauseous. (laughs)
1: Oh no. It's going to be so good. (laughs) It's going to be so good. And Diana, that's totally normal. I can only imagine the anxiety that starts to come up when you think about this. Yeah. Okay. So travel, I think is a big topic. As we were preparing for this, we identified a couple different areas. Maybe we can just mention to our listeners, all the different types of things we're talking about. One is for kids who are underage. So the TSA under the age of 18 doesn't require identity. So there's conversations and decisions about language being used for names. That's one topic. Right. Another of course, is the passport for international travel. Mm -hmm. I know both of us have gone through that process. But I think that the biggest thing I'm really hearing is this, how does a mother prepare or think about her child traveling alone, being so far away? Of having this extra layer of being transgender and not only being transgender, but being undisclosed as transgender.
0: And I love you. And I have to point out that any parent prepare, not just mom. Fair enough. Totally fair enough. <laughs> you know, I think Arthur and I have just thought it was a good opportunity. Like there, it comes a point. I mean, he's 16. He's probably going to be leaving the house in a couple of years. We've never wanted his life to be limited due to his identity. So the worst thing we could do is do exactly that. But, you know, I think the nervousness comes from, have I prepared him enough? Have we prepared him enough? We try to think of everything we could and with the help of our healthcare providers. So for example, because he's on T, because he's on testosterone, that is a controlled substance. And so his endocrinologist thought to write a letter so that he can show I'm it's medically necessary. It doesn't give the reason why, but medically necessary, I'm the provider, here's my information. So for customs, you know, but of course, fear comes for me from the worst case scenario. So I imagine like it being a big to do and all the other people that are part of his group, like what's going on. And even though most of the time customs can be fairly private, it depends. Usually people are worried about their own stuff. So they're not really paying attention. But you know, I imagine like everyone paying attention, what's going on with the holdup? Why is Clark holding everything up? Testosterone, why is he on testosterone? You know, so I imagine all that coming out. I imagine his discomfort and feeling anxious. Although I do think that part of it is better for me than it would have been two years ago. He was so secretive. And now I would say he's more private than secretive, meaning that it's something he chooses not to tell. But I actually think he's in a position now that if it came out, would not be his preference, but if it came out, he'd be okay. Mm, That's really
1: interesting. Again, this concept I know that we've talked about privacy versus secrecy. What do you think it is in these past two years that supported him to maybe be prepared in case it were to come out?
0: I think part of it is the journey we've been on and coming into his true self, just realizing who he is and who he wants to be rather than the boy he thought he was supposed to be or should be as a quote boy. So I think that helps. I also think he joined a group in high school that's like the LGBTQ plus group, even though he's not disclosed there. And I've often wondered, so why do they think you're there? But I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to ask, right? But, you know, I, I did ask one time, oh, is that a group for allies too? <laughs> and he said, not really. You know, it's not like, I'm not going to ask questions so you can tell me more, <laughs> but he did not. <laughs> I do know there are a couple allies there, but having said all that he did, we recently had a conversation, he told me that he doesn't like labels, but if you had to give him one, he'd be a queer boy, but he doesn't like labels. He just likes to be who he is. So I think that alone, I just like to be who I am is part of that growth. Well, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Just as you're describing,
1: it, it feels to me like he's in a different place of confidence around his identity. The fact that he's choosing to be part of this group, which is visible, Yes. right? I mean, it's, I'm assuming anybody can find out yeah. who's in the group or could choose to join it. Yes. So there's some level of visibility there shows a different level of confidence perhaps than he's had in the past. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. If by any chance it comes out there, will the authorities there be okay? You know, like it's all those things. I think I worry less about the campers and the people in charge than I do about if he had to go to a healthcare facility or if any sort of authority got involved, would he be okay?
1: I'm curious, Diana, are you planning to tell anyone else about Clark's identity?
0: So two years ago, we were told we would have to with that group and Clark dragged his feet and he dragged his feet and then it, COVID happened and got canceled. We never had to decide who was going to be <laughs> Want to know. So it all worked out. And I have to admit I was kind of relieved we didn't tell anyone since the trip was canceled. This time the person that organized it runs the camp. So I've had a lot of discussions over the years with her. And when I said, What are your feelings on who has to know? She said, Well, you've taught me, Diana, that nobody has to know. So I'm good with that. That kind of like, Oh, that puts the ball in my court. So is she
1: she's not joining the trip?
0: No, she won't be there. Okay. So she won't be there. She knows. So what What we decided is that we wanted the person in charge that's representing the supervisor adult from his camp to know that he's on testosterone. We wanted them to know that he's on testosterone so that if anything happened at customs. And but the thing we said is, you know, I talked to the director and I said, could you just let him know that Clark is on testosterone for medical reasons and that he has a doctor's note supporting that? And that's it. You know, any questions asked, it's like, well, do you think any, you know, teenage boy taking testosterone really wants to be open about it? No, they don't, you know, just handle privacy. So that's all we've done. And I believe there is a transgender boy going on the trip without. Mm.
1: And does Clark know that that boy is transgender?
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. They were in camp together the year before. Okay. yeah. So
1: Clark has an ally sort of built in, I suppose, in a situation. But we don't think
0: that that individual knows Clark is transgender. We know that that individual doesn't know. Because I specifically asked Clark that question. I'm like, you know, did you ever think about it? Telling him because he's open. I would even, I don't even know if he was the only openly out trans kid at camp, to be honest with you. But I did ask and he said, I considered it, but no. think privacy is his utmost.
1: Okay. That's still his priority. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and when is this Diana, how quickly is this trip coming up? Two weeks.
0: In two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually. So when this airs, it'll be a few days later, Okay, half a week later. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just keep thinking about It's such a great opportunity for both of us, really. It's not just, it's a great opportunity for him. Just, I think it's important if you have the abilities to travel and see other places, just go outside the comfort zone. And we have this opportunity and we're fortunate enough to be able to take it. And I think it's a good opportunity for me who has helped so much along the way to take a step back because he's starting to have to do this on his own.
1: Mm-hmm. situation, the thing that's coming up for me is not at all similar because it is you know, only a state away and not half a world away. But Samantha was just recently at an overnight camp. It's actually the second time she's done this. And I remember the first time we sent her off to an overnight camp, there was a lot of anxiety about who do we choose to tell? How does this work? And I'm even trying to remember if we might have told the cabin counselor. So there's like teenagers who are like college age that are in charge of their cabins. And I think we might have told that counselor, but we consciously made a choice because my husband knows the individuals who lead the camp and they're very conservative and he did not think they would be supportive. Okay. And we consciously chose not to share it beyond that. And this year we didn't tell anyone. It's also slightly different though, from your scenario, because we send our kids with some cousins. So there's all kinds of support around them. And obviously cousins know. And so if something were to come up, I feel like Samantha has that support around her. So it's a very different type of scenario than the scenario you're walking into.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can't drive there. We can't get there if he needs our help. Not easily. She's making me think my passport's expired. So oh, I'm your passport's currently expired? Uh, let me check with her. Oh, no, Diane's! <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. so like, even if he needed our help, like, I can't get there i to check with arthur anyway i'll be like i have to admit that some of my coping mechanisms have not been the healthiest it's just been like out of sight out of mind i'm just not thinking about it. so as you can see by having an expired passport and now i'm thinking oh that probably should have been taken care of (laughs) everything is going to be just okay it'll be fine
1: speaking of passports is that a good segue into us talking about the process of passport did you just go through that a couple years ago when you're preparing for clark to go to this
0: yes and it was pretty seamless you know i think when hillary clinton was secretary of state that's when they changed all the passport rules so it became much easier for people to get passports with the name and pronouns that are theirs but we on top of it you know have had a name change a birth certificate change so it's even easier now the one part of it that we were a little nervous about was you have to go to the local post office and drop off your paperwork and send it from there. And they have to look at it and make sure it's okay and ask you questions. One of the questions is what are any other legal names this person has gone by? So we had to put Clark's birth name on there, which was a undeniably feminine name. So we put it on there and we handed it in and we were waiting and waiting and didn't even like see a response. Like, I don't know if she read it or didn't read it. If she did read it, she didn't have, you know, like looking for a pause or a eyebrow raise or eye opening or something, nothing. And she's just like, yeah, all looks good. I think she had to ask a question which didn't have anything to do with that. And then that was that. And it was really uneventful. Um, it was more eventful <laughs> leading up to it. <laughs> but meaning it, the angst
1: think. of thinking about how it might go versus how it yes. actually went. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. How would we answer? What if? They yeah. Say that's this, interesting. That I recall because it's been a while since we've gone through this process, but our scenario was different in that Samantha had a passport as a toddler because we lived over in Asia for a couple of years, and so we had the passport with the birth name and, of course, sex identified at birth. And we had to go through that process of changing it. Although I don't remember being anxious about it because it was obvious. I mean, it was like, we're switching from this to this, but we had all the paperwork from the birth certificate name change. And honestly, I was just so excited and relieved that we got to choose the gender to go onto the passport because in the state we live in, we can't change the gender on the birth certificate until there are some surgical procedures and so it was kind of a relief because we were obtaining a form of identity we could use now moving forward, right? I would never need to pull up the birth certificate again. I now was going to have a form of identity that had the correct gender on it that just helped us feel so confident and comfortable in supporting our daughter.
0: Right. Which, you know, it makes sense, for especially how they present themselves. But this brought up our question with Dinah. As you mentioned earlier. Because of Dinah's age, Dinah's six, he doesn't have to show ID when we travel, but we traveled last fall and winter and we had to put a name down. And we knew from experience that when the kids go through TSA, you know, you show the tickets and your IDs, one of two things happens. They usually call each kid's name and ask them to raise their hand and say, that's me. Or they ask each child their name and they have to say their name and they see call it matches. Usually because we have four kids, they usually say the name. So they're not like flipping through going, which one's that one? <laughs> but we had to decide like, what do we write down? Because one of the concerns is that they want to make sure nobody's kidnapping a kid. So name change is kind of a big deal. So Arthur and I thought about it and we were like, well, on one hand he'll answer to Dinah, he'll say Dinah, that'd be more consistent. But at the end of the day, we put his birth name and we put his birth name because Arthur felt like it's the government they screen these things, they look these things, all the names government-wise, legally, that go with our family is not Dinah. It's his birth name. So we should put that to not put up a red flag. And so we did. And that meant having to talk to Dinah about it. Because if you use Dinah's birth name, he will grit his teeth and get not too happy about it. Sometimes he'll even yell at you. I feel like with authority, he's definitely quieter, I've noticed, but he's not happy.
1: A real quick point there, Diana. I think that's normal though, right? It's this concept of, well, that's a dead name. We've all agreed we're not using that name. And so I can imagine this would generate some angst.
0: Yes. And we have to have these discussions a lot for doctor's offices and stuff, just to understand that that's what's on there. And and we can talk another time about how to approach those to try to get them not to use the name when it's not changed. But we just sat down, Diana, and said, listen until we make it by law, he understands law, that your name is something different. This is the name we have to use. You are Dinah, you will always be Dinah. We have to put this because if we don't, they may think something's wrong, that we've taken you, we may not be able to travel. So just for this, they're going to use this name. Or if they ask you, this is the name you have to answer. And you feel free to say that name and then say, but I prefer to be called Dinah. And so it's worked. Like I said, they usually say the name, he raises hand or under his breath goes, that's me. <laughs> and, and I think we're lucky that that birth name is gender neutral. So that it's not so much an issue. An issue meaning that the
1: TSA person wouldn't sort of question yes. whether or not the child is actually
0: that individual. Any expression could match his birth name. I think it'd be a bigger issue if it was Diana. Do you have any experience on that one, Joy? You know,
1: we, the very first time we traveled with the kids was our trip to Singapore. That was before we knew Samantha's identity as a girl. And once we moved back and supported her through the transition, we had moved pretty quickly through the legal name change process. So that was never actually a concern for us. But I can imagine for some of our listeners that it's very relevant and I've heard from lots of other parents that they choose for whatever reason to wait for the name change, whether it's because oh my child is a teenager and we'll do it once they're getting their driver's license, or you know there's various reasons why there's a timeline around it. But for us, that has not been a consideration. Simply like we've gone through the the legal process to change names. so we never had to worry about well, what's the name we use for traveling. Gotcha. But I do remember again th- that we did carry a letter. You talked about for Clark having a physician's letter related to testosterone. We also had a letter related to the gender presentation and gender identity in case there was any question, Mm -hmm. because exactly to your point, you know, as a parent, you can only imagine the risk of feeling like if someone were to nab my child, they could travel with them because there's no way to identify that they're actually my child. <laughs> right. And so this concept of trying to ensure that there would, wouldn't be any question that this individual is the individual we're saying they are, is we had a carry letter with us. I'm not sure if that's as relevant anymore, because I do feel this is much more socially normative or acceptable. But I do remember us having a carry letter we brought with us while we traveled, just in case there was any question about our child.
0: Yeah. And I remember you remind me that we used to carry a safe folder for Clark in the first couple of years so that if TSA questioned anything, especially before legal name change, because his name was feminine and his expression was male, we didn't want to think that we were kidnapping him. It never ended up being an issue, but we carried a safe folder. And- even though we stopped carrying it, I hate to say that we might have to start carrying those things, not for Clark, but for Dinah.
1: Mm. And what is the context? Are you referring to the political situation and yes. the laws that are happening now? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think with a lot more discussion and everything going on, yeah, you know, I might be wrong, but.
1: Might be something
0: good that our listeners should think about as well.
1: Mm-hmm. When you talk about the safe folder, what's the type of information you would carry or what was in there?
0: Yeah, the safe folder had drawings that he had drawn before transition showing that he kind of consistently drew himself as male. They had letters from a family friend who happened to be a therapist. She was, because she was a family friend, she never was his therapist, but um, the physician, some teachers, we didn't have any clergy because we weren't involved in any sort of religious organization at the time. Um, So like letters that confirm support, pictures, like photographs of him that were consistent with his identity, even prior to transition. Those are the type of things in the safe folder. That makes a ton of sense.
1: Basically evidence to support
0: his identity. Yep. His identity and his transitions. I think the other thing that I've been made aware of by my friends who are transgender adults is the x-ray machine that you go through TSA. So right now for our kids, because they're young, I don't know at what age they cut off, but they always take the barrier away from the metal detector. And we always go through the metal detector and not the x-ray machine. The x-ray machine is that kind of circular thing that you go in and you put your hands above your head and you hold still and the thing kind of circles around you and then you come out. What I learned is that when you step up, remember the people there have not looked at your ticket, your ID or anything, that they push a button There's two buttons, male, female, and they push one usually based on how you look. And what it's looking for is any unidentifiable objects or objects that shouldn't be there of your body's silhouette. So I remember a friend of mine who is a transgender woman went in and they pushed female and because she had never had bottom surgery, so she still had genitals. And because they push female, which means the machine expects not to have anything there, it flagged her as having to be patted down completely. And I know this was a really traumatic event for her. And I think at that point, she explained she was transgender, but because once the machine goes off, the machine goes off, they have to do their protocol. Because having been patted down recently myself, (laughs) mine was for having a um, mask strap that dangled. So that was the not expected object on my body because it dangled away from my face. And when I came through, they're like, it's your chain. And I was like, well, that would have been helpful earlier. <laughs> so I had to, even though they knew why it set it off, I had to go through the full pat down. And I will say that they're very respectful. They ask you if you want privacy or do it in open. They tell you what they're going to do before they do it. They explain what part of their hands they are using, how they're going to touch before they do it, but they have to go right up, pat up your leg and into the crotch. And so I know this was really upsetting for her. And so just something else to think about as we educate our kids of what the future holds, being aware of these things. Hopefully they will change one day. And I think the non-binary community is definitely helping that movement, but it's something to be aware of. Yeah. And at least in our society,
1: just the fact that we're having these conversations, the fact that there is a non-binary community, you would hope that there would be some changes, but You can only imagine how long something like that might take. So I think that was a great ad for our listeners to have some awareness of looking forward. So Diana, thank you so much for sharing some of the stories about the upcoming trip, which we all hold you in our hearts and hope that everything goes off without a hitch. And Clark has no incidents at all and has a wonderful, wonderful trip. And for our listeners, hopefully some of these additional topics of preparing for passport name changes and thinking about children who are underage and language you would use to enter their name, as well as as they grow older, thinking about the process that TSA currently uses from a security perspective and just being aware of how some of this may impact those that you love. So thanks so much for sharing all of this with us. Thank you. That's a wrap on this episode of Transparently Speaking. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again on the 1st and 15th of every month for our next podcast.
0: Thank you to Filter for our awesome music. That's P-H-I-L-T-Y-R. Check them out at Apple Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, or anywhere you download music. As a reminder, we welcome your feedback and questions. Email us anytime at transparentlyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com.
1: If you're taking something away from our podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to provide us a review. The more listeners and reviews, the more people we can reach and support. Thanks in advance. Cheers from Joy
0: and Diana.